I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We are supposedly deep in the middle of a change in consciousness on our planet. The Aquarian Age, the new millennium, the third wave, whatever you call it, many advocate a new era on our planet. I also am optimistic, but I believe some knowledge is missing from our collective education. Some missing pieces of consciousness that impede our evolution if they're not put in place. One of the primary things lacking is a deeper understanding of the pathology of power. For, it must be obvious, we are living in a society where our freedoms are being increasingly restricted. And those restrictions are being imposed by, let's just say it plain, the psychotics in power. And so it's to a deeper understanding of psychosis that we must dedicate ourselves. For these psychotic tendencies run rampant in all of us. And knowing this makes it possible to control them and really accomplish this new civilization we so desire. False and true power today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Here we are on the Stop Radio Network once again, our lovely network available through our website at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. We have an actual uh, site for our radio program too, StopRadio.org. So if you're looking for us in any of those places, you can find us on the Internet all over the place. We're also streaming through iTunes. When we think about power, I was thinking about this as I was doing the intro to this radio program, that this is not something that's well understood. Plato said that the measure of a man is what he does with power. At the same time, Orwell said, we know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. And therein perhaps lies the the problem, not that only the powerful have this difficulty, but all of us do. It's just that the people who take power are often the sickest, most paranoid, and corrupt individuals on the planet. So it's really the right moment for us to try to free ourselves from these demons who really exploit us. Society, as it's organized today, is actually becoming inhuman. Uh, The people are ill and anguished and unhappy because we feel crushed by the powerful. Here in, in Brazil, for example, we are paying enormous amounts of money in taxes and receiving almost no benefits for that. There's so much corruption politically in this country. But that corruption is not only a political corruption. It's inside the the whole of the civilization where, where people want to get for themselves and not contribute in any way to the, the greater good. Uh, some friends of mine are living in China now. Our engineer for the Kepi Motor, Cesar Sauce, is there helping develop the Kepi Motor in China as we speak. And he was telling me that during the day, it's quite notable that the, a lot of the older people the people who are retired from the society, they're out cleaning up the parks and the public squares and doing all of that kind of work because that benefits the the group, the whole. It's not to advocate that what's going on in China is the perfect answer to everything, but this sense of working for others and working for a, a greater society, this is very, very, very important. Now, Dr. Kepi has talked about this in his great book, Liberation of the People, The Pathology of Power. And he says in his book that When I say that the powerful are corrupt, I'm quoting from his book now, many of you may raise the objection that the people in power are, for the most part, law-abiding citizens, that in general they respect the social laws. Indeed, that is precisely where the problem lies, Kepi goes on to say, for the rules and regulations have been designed to protect economic power, and that in itself is immoral. Such laws are wrong, then. All power without control is dangerous, Kepi talks about, but economic power in and of itself is the most dangerous of all. 
And here's how the power system works, the technique of power, as Kepi describes it. The individual succeeds in acquiring a position of command and the submission of a certain number of employees. He then distributes the work among them and awaits the results. He generally makes use of teaching techniques, and if the results are to his advantage, he praises and rewards those who increased his power. If they're not, he blames the failure on his subordinates. And little by little, this powerful person puts himself in the position of being infallible. Don't we see this in politics? And the politician or the person in power in this situation withdraws further and further from reality. And eventually, reaching the point of issuing orders so absurd that his subordinates find them strange and may even refuse to obey. But he always has this protection of a group of very good employees who safeguard him from total debacle. As Nixon had his group surrounding him, Haldeman and Ehrlichman and these kind of guys, uh, surrounding him, protecting him from the consequences of his, of his situation. So this happens all the time. So a person in power cannot survive without the group that surrounds him. So this is what's happening all around us. And we don't understand this very well in ourselves, certainly in other people, too. We, we give a lot of leeway to these political people or these leaders doing absurd things and then excusing them whenever they say that they're sorry or because we think that in some way that they are, are right or correct. Don't we really need to understand this better? Well, that's what we're going to do in our program today. Claudia Bernhard-Pacheco joins me in just a moment to look at false and true power. That's when thinking with somebody else's head continues on the Stop Radio Network. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. In the United States, there is a hidden government. In 1985... Norberto Kepi published an explosive analysis of the pathology of power. The new world order that they are trying to implant goes totally against ethical principles. 28 years later, Liberation of the People is still the most relevant book available that exposes our inverted socioeconomic structure and who's responsible for it. They are like sharks and you are like fishes in an ocean. The people's reaction to Kepi's book was enthusiastic. The powerful hated it. They were able to do a master cover-up. Norberto Kepi's book was buried, and the warning went out to the media. You are never, ever to mention the work of Norberto Kepi. Now, Norberto Kepi's timely book is available again. For your free download of Norberto Kepi's Liberation of the People, go to liberationofthepeople.org. Don't ruin what is good if you want a good life. Norberto Kepi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. We are back on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We're streaming and on our website, healingthroughconsciousness.com. I was looking at your um, incredible book, The American Drug Multinational. This is a bomb. Yes, it is. In this book, you say, we have to be careful of the criminals, highly dangerous, who have infiltrated communities and public bodies, such as the government, the legal system, the police, the churches, the schools mainly in positions of economic and public power. They are much more dangerous than the drugs which they distribute. They are the psychotics and psychopaths described in the book Liberation of the People, The Pathology of Power, Kepi, Pacheco, and others, who act like demons to destroy civilization. What is the purpose for raising this today? In the United States, we understood 20 years ago or more that the drug cartel 
and the drug business has been kept as something underground in order to achieve the goals that those people in power uh, want to achieve. Because if you make something legal, uh, things will come to the surface. People have to pay taxes for what they sell, and you will know who is selling what, who is producing what, and who is consuming what. And we would have chances to deal openly, consciously about a huge problem. And you cannot consider a problem that has no participation from people in the police, in customs, in the charge, in the head of banks, in everywhere. They show in the film uh, American Gangster, they show actually bringing the, the raw heroin in the caskets of the dead soldiers from the Vietnam War out of Thailand during the 19, early 1970s. It's, it's shown right there in the movie, so it's, it's pretty clear this is happening. There's a collusion somehow with the powerful. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Clear. Only stupid people don't see this. <sighs> yes. And if they would open the, the accounts, really open the accounts of all this money that is laundered, in United States banks, not only United States now, pre in all over the world, Bahamas, and uh, when they speak in French, la plaque tournante, where people launder the money and all that money goes. So everything is a big casino, and the, the money that comes from drugs and the trafficking of arms is huge, huge all over the world. So this is a traffic of death. And people are not only killing very young people. They sell drugs in front of schools. They, they put people under this toxic dependency very early, in early, early stages. So uh, one of the most important things is that they want, as they did in, the, in those times where mafia dominated Chicago, uh, when the alcohol was forbidden... Yeah. Prohibition. So, prohibition. So the same thing happens now. Do you know there are a lot of Canadians who made a lot of money during prohibition? They were shipping so now alcohol they're doing over the border. out of drugs, which is even more effective. I just wanted to say, Claudia, that when we're talking about this, I can always feel, because, you know, I've been here in Brazil nine years now, but when I first came, this idea that there was such an organized level of corruption in the power structures of the first world was, to me, was hard to understand. I, I sort of knew there was something strange, something was not good, something was rotten, but I didn't understand the extent of it. And I remember a conversation you had with a Dutch guy here in Brazil fairly recently, where he was saying, but there's so much corruption in Brazil, there's so much drug trafficking going through Brazil and going through Colombia, and we've got to stop the drug trafficking there. And you said, but wait a minute, where's, where are the drugs going? They're going, they're not being used by Colombians. They're not even being used much by Brazilians. Those drugs are, are going through those ports. And going where? They're going to Rotterdam, <laughs> to, through, yeah. through the ports of Holland. And so this is important. The, for the first world really needs to wake up to what's going on in this terms, the question of pathology of power. And when you speak about waking up, here comes this, the, the, the core of the problem. Because in the 60s, you saw, like, generations of Americans, North Americans, South Americans, Europeans being, waking up, wakening up, wakening up to, to what ha they have been living and dying for. And they decided that they were not anymore willing to go to war in Vietnam or anywhere else in the country 
just to fight for the economic financial interest of the powerful. So when this started, people got afraid. People in power got really afraid because this wave, energetic wave of consciousness, was really threatening their pillars. And so people were starting to realize, as Kepi puts in his books, that democracy is something different from capitalism. Uh, leaving uh, exploitation and speculation free, this freedom doesn't mean democracy. Democracy is a totally different thing. It's freedom of consciousness. It's freedom of rights, human rights. It's as Roosevelt said, and where Michael Moore put in his last film. Capitalism, a love story. Yeah, wonderful good, documentary. good documentary. And where we see Dr. Kepi's ideas well described, well uh, like put in, in a, implemented. It's incredible it how he he like he got the spirit, and so there he uh, is showing that Roosevelt at his time already he wanted his wish was to put into the, like a new constitution, new bill of rights in 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 the the American con- constitution, where all the basic things, human. Things where human rights should be guaranteed for every citizen. This was powerful for Independently me. from race, creed, uh, age, whatever. And this almost happened, but he died before that. He died a year before. He proposed that and then died a year later. And that proposal never got implemented, you know. And it was even, it was well before uh, Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement was far before they enacted civil rights legislation in the United States with Kennedy and Johnson, far before that. Wasn't Roosevelt's wife who helped to write the, in, uh, like the International Universal Bill of Human Rights in Geneva, in, in UN? His wife helped to, to write down this bill. And this is universal. This is universal. But it never was never implemented anywhere in the, in the planet. So when people started to like to say, oh, come on, we have this, these ideals. We had a president that brought this into light. Uh, we now are questioning about our rights, civil rights and human rights inside this country. So people in power started to research how to control people without necessarily putting them into in, inside a prison, arresting them. And this was something that they tried to do in the campus in Berkeley and, and, and New York, Columbia University, the, the most advanced centers of civil rights movements, California, New York, uh, and Paris. So they were, like, upset because they would, should put in prison many, many intellectuals, writers, young people, artists, and the thing was growing all over in Latin America. They implemented a dictatorship, a military dictatorship at country. the same time. In every country. In every country. So this was at the same period of history. They took away democracy in Iran, which had a democratic government. The CIA destabilized the democratically elected government in the 50s. And the Shah of Iran was the result, and the Ayatollah Khomeini was the result, and now we have this mess in Iran caused by destabilizing these governments. South America has managed to maintain, but Central America is still very, very uh, destroyed by that 
it is. CIA activity there. Yes. Yeah. So at the same time, they implemented a plan to imprison human consciousness and minds. So they would uh, do like a brainwashing to direct human beings inside their minds, the way they think. So they would be like imprisoned, innerly imprisoned. So they would not have this difficulty to arrest them, to fight, because fighting physically with thousands of people would uh, require... Uh, it, it, a revolution is, is always very difficult to hold back. And uh, normally results will come from this, those revolutions. But if you control the minds, it's so easy because people don't threaten anymore any governments. And they, real, they understood at those times with the Blue, uh, the Blue Project. The Bluebird Project in yeah, the 50s. In the 50s with the CIA and, uh, working with Lilly. Uh, pharmaceutical company and other uh, pharmaceutical companies and some psychiatrists that were bought by them, and they realized that if you combine some uh, techniques of brainwashing and influencing minds through electromagnetic devices and uh, through um, subliminal uh, propaganda and teaching and through marketing and those. Uh, many, many instruments and tools they developed to subliminarily uh, influence minds combined with drugs. This would be the most effective way to uh, yeah. numb the, the consciousness of, of people yeah, if in you look the world. At the 20th century is the rise of public relations, and public relations is directly related to the rise of democracy. They, they were terrified of democracy, the powerful. They wanted a way to control it, so public relations, controlled by the corporations, by the government, is the way to influence people. And the direct, it's right there in the beginnings of public relations. Edward Bernays, the nephew of Freud, was the founder of public relations. And right there at the beginning, there's an intelligent few that need to control the thinking of the mass population. And, and they made it. And they did it. They, they, they did it. So now we don't even, well, we don't know how to to deal with the situation because people got hooked. They are being slaved by this technique. And let's include drugs here. It's not just the cocaines and the heroines. Pharmaceutic and the, drugs. Yeah, which is much more the majority of people, right? If you look at people in America now, I mean, good heavens, there are two or three prescription drugs each person, you know. And so. e even children. Even they're children. They're prescribing drugs. So people... If they start uh, taking Prozac or antidepressants, they, they will never get rid of those drugs anymore. And so they will be hooked in, in this, and their brains will not work properly. Uh, because we need to work with both sides of the brain, and our consciousness must be lucid. We must have this uh, flux of energy, uh, natural flux of energy. And those uh, chemicals... They impede the synapses of the neurons in the brains. So people don't think anymore. They cannot think properly anymore. They don't even dream anymore. When they are asleep, very seldom they, they dream. And dreaming is a very important aspect for uh, mental balance. Uh, so the thing is very serious, Jones. But we hope that the energy of consciousness will be always stronger than anything else. And let's keep that consciousness coming, Claudia. We're back in just a moment. I'm thinking with somebody else's head to look at false and true power. 
Back in just a moment. Don't go away. You're listening to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. Any area of endeavor, it's very much stopped by this concept of money, the importance of money. This is the biggest inversion in society. In the mid-1980s, Norberto Kepi wrote an extraordinary book that redefined economics and gave us hope. And I understand now that this book, Working Capital, is really the solution. It gives people enormous freedom to grow and to do even things more beautiful and better for the community and better for everybody. Work and Capital is Norberto Kepi's provocative and prophetic view of how the economy has been usurped by the 1% who've tricked the people into a form of slavery. Now we have the means to set ourselves free. We are free in economy to work, to do what is good, beautiful and truthful for humanity and not to feed the envy, the megalomania, the theomania of a few individuals or powerful people. Norberto Kepi's Work and Capital, available in the bookstore at stop.org.br. To know thyself, as Socrates intended, depends on our awareness of envy. Norberto Kepi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. We are back on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head for streaming and on our website, healingthroughconsciousness.com. I'm Richard Lloyd Jones with Claudia Bernhard Pacheco. We're looking at the mentality of the powerful. This has not been studied or understood very well, Claudia, and that's why I think Dr. Kepi's work in this area is so important. And by the way, not loved much by those in power. We, the people, however, do love it. Describe his work a little bit better for us, Claudia. In this book, he analyzes the powerful, the economic, financial powerful, mostly them, which he calls the sadistic uh, phase of humanity, or a human being when he gets he gets hooked on money and aggression. Power. And power, social economic power. Um, they are hooked in a, in, a, in a stage, very undeveloped stage, um, of their psychological uh, development. Uh, so, those people, they substituted love and feelings of love, romance, beauty, uh, by money. So money is a very materialistic approach, very cold, very dry uh, option in life. And the most unbalanced individuals that they cut off with the right side of the brain uh, they tend to be attached to money and to power. So they have just one side of the brain working. Right, the right side of the brain being creative, universal, feeling. Being feminine. More feminine side. More intuitive. More intuitive. More related to the feelings. Feelings, aesthetics. Spirituality, too. Spirituality. So if you want to have a balanced way of thinking, a truthful way of thinking and, and understanding of reality, you must use the both and energetic waves of the brain, which is the right side and the left side. So people who only use the reason, the rational side, they are not rational, they are intellectual, and then they are uh, in alienated from reality. So what do I mean? If people substitute love, doing good, uh, being good for the others, being altar-centric, wanting to do good for others, 
if you if you if you cut off the sense of being loving a loving creature you will be a monster and uh, uh, like you won't be half a loving creature you'll be you'll be the opposite (laughs) you will be a monster you will be like a demon you will be an anti-being which is against life and against even oneself so those delinquents they are against themselves so these people in power that only want money they are totally disconnected from their own reality too so that's why they are dry they live alone they don't have friends generally they don't they don't do like a a, a, a real marriage with another person meaning a loving re- relationship but they do contracts social contracts and and when these contracts are are menaced uh, are threatened, uh, threatened by by some betrayal and they always are because they are always betraying each other because they are married with money not with the other person but with the money the other person has and right. can offer so this or the is beauty a totally or the... this is a totally anti civilization and this is why we see so much cruelty when we watch michael moore's new documentary we see the cruelty of the system it's some it's in a, in portuguese inacreditável it's unbelievable and what we discovered with through dr Kepi's researches that those cruel people they are absolutely sick people they are delinquents and psychotic they are really psychotic people they need treatment mental treatment they need to be uh hold back as if they would uh, as if no because they are mentally sick people but as they have money they have the social power and they buy people so the common people who are more human they should understand this that those people in power, they are much less intelligent than, than the, the people who work are. I, I heard uh, in a documentary recently, I was watching Neil Young, the great uh, Canadian artist, wrote an album, a series of songs against the Iraq war, and then took his three colleagues, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, with him on a tour of America to sing these songs. And he was, was very controversial. There were people in the audience booing and walking out and other people who were loving it. And it was this real polarization. And I heard one of the comments of a guy saying, look, if you have never been shot at, you can't criticize the government. Those guys are smarter than you are. And you're saying exactly the opposite now. They're not smarter than we are. No. They're, they've lost their intelligence. Yeah. They hold the people back yeah. by f- power. They use the army. They use guns. They use bombs. They use uh, uh, physical power even to hold back intelligent people. Prisons, there are more prisons. prisons. So they are they they use brutal force in order to hold back hold back people. They are not more intelligent and more capable. And this is the danger. They are really dangerous people. It is as if people from a sanatory, mental health hospital, they would like uh, have guns and power to put in prison the psychologists, the nurses, the psychiatrists, and take take the situation for their <laughs> own um, desire, whatever they want. So that if they if that there is this shift of power in the mental hospital, imagine what is going to happen. And, and this happened in the world. So and people in power they get furious against our work because we uh, expose the necessity that they have to be seen as mentally unbalanced people. 
Because if you if you do what they do, they are not mentally balanced people at all. And inside their homes and the private lives, they have this children's habits preserved, like sometimes sucking the fingers or using having um, like neurotic habits, like weird habits, like uh, dressing as females or like dressing like babies and and sucking their thumb. They have many, many, many habits that are like children, and they they perform, they behave, they speak like children, they change their voices, and they want to be seen and treated by their women or their lovers as a child. So they very frequently behave like children inside their private homes. And this is another facet, an infantile, pathological infantile behavior, fixated in the previous years of development. Right, when they were just little kids. And you know, this kind of um, psychotic dialogue we hear all the time. We don't catch it. And because we think that the psychotic is only the guy who goes to the school and kills 11, 12 kids, that's the psychotic. But we're not perceiving it in our society. I, saw, I was watching an interview today about nuclear power. Uh, there's a... Um, a uh, congressman in the United States named Ron Paul, who has many good qualities. He speaks a lot against the U.S. Federal Bank, and uh, he's written a book about it. So he has a really good side to him. But <laughs> he's a big fan of nuclear power. And in this middle of this situation with Japan, he's talking about how nuclear power, the reaction to the, the problem is overblown, bigger than it really is. And then he said, listen to this, I want to see if you can think this is kind of like a psychotic comment. Nuclear power is very dangerous, but it's also the safest form of energy we have. Mm. Well, what, what is this, Claudia? This is like... Well, this is delirious. <laughs> it's very dangerous, but it's the safest form of energy we have. How, how can you put those two together? Well, Richard, here you see a form of delirious thoughts and... And reasonings like totally outside of reality, but you can also see that every time there is a, a more severe case of psychosis or stronger neurosis, there is always a, an ethical component involved in the situation, meaning lack of ethics. So all psychotic has delinquent behaviors and intentions. So there is no possibility of having a psychotic without traces of uh, psychopath, psychopathy, yeah, psychopathy, psychopathy. Yeah, psychopathy. And so there is a, a very s strong and straight relationship between lack of ethics and psychosis. But on the other hand, Richard, as Freud saw it, and as Kepi emphasizes. There is not such a thing as a, a balanced, a true normal human being. There is no difference in quality, but in quantity of pathology between amongst us. So the difference between a, a, a regular, a more balanced person in society and a psychotic inside, a, inside an institution is the degree, the amount of pathology he, he does not control in himself because the tendencies, the desires, the impulses are very, very the same. But the difference is that when you are more 
like normal, more ethical, you perceive the difference between what is good and bad, what is real and unreal, and you don't pursue that um, false, that um, lying kind of living, living in a lie, as psychotic do. So they they accept lying to themselves and to the others, and they end up by not perceiving anymore what is lie, what is true, what is reality, what is fantasy. So they don't see that anymore. Dr. Kepi was just reading this morning as I was preparing in his book, Liberation of Knowledge, where he said that psychosis is... like a permanent fight against consciousness. Um, And this is something we don't understand very well, that we have uh, like a frame, uh, an internal frame of ethics, of goodness, that's been implanted inside. So when we we go too far away from that essential good nature in our thoughts, in our actions, obviously, this is psychosis. Yeah, and this can only happen in human beings because nature, it's all limited. Nature is all uh, ruled by laws, natural laws, but they don't go against those laws. So we have to consider really uh, the revelation as Kepi did in his work because Freud always tried to deny the existence of of a transcendental life, a spiritual life. He never considered that. And he tried to deny this and to prove the opposite. But as Cappy saw it, and I wonder, as you put, when we try to be bigger than God even, but if, if we consider that there is a God, so do you agree or do you don't agree? Do you accept or you do not accept? Because if we do accept the existence of God, we have to see everything under another perspective. And not considering that if I accept that God exists, I'll go to the church on Sunday services and I pray some prayers and I ask forgiveness of my sins or help some poor people or you help something here or there. But my God, if God really exists, as many people know deep down, even if they deny that there is a creator. So everything changes perspective. It does indeed. The demons have wanted to establish their own kingdom. They've chosen human beings to be their slaves. And uh, we've reached a moment, though, where we must stop to think and to feel. And this moment marks the end of that inglorious undertaking of wishing to create a realm that is not that of the creator, a realm opposite to the true kingdom. So we are on the threshold of a new society through understanding this psychopathology that Norberto Kepi is talking about. That's our program for this time on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. The sickest people want others to be the way they idealize them. Norberto Kepi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. I remember the book Glorification that Dr. Kepi wrote. I was with him many of the nights or days where he got those inspirations from God, and it was a necessity for him to write what he received. 
So the book was totally written under inspiration. But it's not only a theological book, it's mostly a scientific book, very therapeutic book, very beautiful, by the way. And he used to wake up during the night, two, three in the morning, and he said, let's go to the top of the mountain. And we were watching the sky in this dark night with no interference, so you could transcend the sky and see heaven through it. My God, you could adapt the writings that he did with the music of Beethoven. And this would be a trilogy of his writings and the music. It would be heaven. Norberto Kepi's Glorification, available in the bookstore at stop.org.br. From the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil, this is the Stop Radio Network. <laughs> 